Get ready for Beyond the Arc, a show that eats, sleeps, and breathes the hardwood, featuring two guys who are always game time ready while the competition is still practicing. We're talking about practice, man. I mean, how silly is that, man? We're talking about practice. A couple of basketball junkies who shine a spotlight on the game of basketball all year long. This is a preseason, right? We got to do this in the preseason? Are you kidding me? Part of the contract. In the preseason, we got to do this? It's the coach, Brian Fulford. My entire adult life, I've never used the expression game face. And the scout, Steve Barnhart from HardwoodHoopCentral.com. I know how to play the game. I don't think they know how to play the game when I'm talking to them. Guys, it's time. Hello and welcome to another edition of Beyond the Yard presented by Crossover. My name is Brian Fulford. I am without my normal backcourt partner. Steve Barnhart from HardwoodHoopsCentral.com. But joining me on the line in this uh, podcast edition, uh, my man Bill Johnson joining us. Hey. Uh, Bill, what what's good, my friend? Oh, just uh, hanging in there. Nice. One nice. day at a time. <laughs> One day at a time, right? It's March, it's March Madness, and so, you know, it, it's been a minute since uh, I've been able to, to get – to get a podcast up, um, obviously Steve is grinding away in his lab, and um, you know I, I was like, "Look, it's March. I've, we've got to catch up. The people, the people need to, you know, those who have been listening, downloading, they've been uh, missing us, I'm sure. And so uh, we're, you know, the plan is to drop as much content as we can." Uh, right now in the NBA and especially college. I mean, March Madness is synonymous with the college game, and and uh, this is a, a great month. Um, Want to remind you to follow the show Twitter page at BTA Hoops is where you can find the show on Twitter. On Facebook, you can find us at Beyond the Arc Podcast, and uh, the web page uh, where you can read uh, not only blog posts. Uh, I promise blog post that will be coming up for me. But more importantly, Bill's written some stuff. Uh, uh, wordpress.com. That's beyondtheArcRadio.wordpress.com. And if anyone out there has some great tips on how to adjust that name, I'd love to be able to reduce that name. You know what I'm saying? I, I just feel like it's – I don't know. We haven't done a radio show per se in a while, and I just feel like – you know, if I can drop off the word radio, or if I could just put in, you know, podcast, or I don't know, just something to kind of shorten that up. But um, you can follow me at drb365. Bill, where can they, where can the people find you on Twitter? Uh, I'm at the right angles, um, and that's t h e r i t e a n g l e z. All right, so. Look, we got a lot to kind of go through and catch up on. I'm a, you and I have talked a yeah. lot over the last couple of weeks since we did the last podcast or since we, um, you know, since we actually recorded a podcast. And so I, I thought I, I don't want to take us back too far because there's a lot of current juicy stuff that's happening right now in the NBA. And this is going to be a main this is mainly going to be NBA focused, NBA centric. I think there's 
a lot of stuff in college that we can get to. We'll, I'll probably do that in an upcoming podcast. But um, all right, so let's let's get into talking first about uh, the All Star Game. We'll start from the All Star Game, and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you, I I honestly I didn't watch it. I didn't. I didn't. Well, I won't say I didn't watch it because that's a lie. I, I, I watched maybe about in total five to ten minutes of it. Right. Um, how much time did you spend watching the All Star Game or any of the events prior to you know the big Saturday night events? Um, I mean, I, I watched it. It's like like I kind of do everything. I'm kind of in and out. You know, when a commercial comes, it's like you turn it and then you kind of go back. Um, but I, I think I didn't have as far as the high expectations that you must have had. I mean, why didn't you? Why didn't you like it? I mean, it was a typical All Star game. I, you know, maybe that's the problem. I mean, you know, it's a, <laughs> a typical. Look, I mean. Here, here's a crazy concept, right? Mm-hmm. We have the greatest players in the world, right, playing. Right, right. Wouldn't it be nice to see the greatest players in the world actually playing basketball against each other? I mean, this is – let's just imagine – this is a freestyle game, is it not? It's an exhibition game. But it's right. worse It's worse than a, a pickup game. I mean, we know that these guys play in the offseason – Right. Uh, These guys, you've heard of, you know, Chris Paul organizing these um, these late night runs in some hangar somewhere in L.A. At least that's the the rumors I've heard. I mean, oh, wow. I mean, you know, it's just like he you organize a game. If you got a bunch of guys in the offseason that all live in the same city or in the area, you know, guys want to stay in shape. Guys want to keep sharpening their tool, their game, their skills. You're going to look to play a game. I mean, basketball. From an early age, when we used to play, you know, in the playgrounds, when we used to play, I mean, hell, remember, okay, people may not know, you and I went to high school together, okay, we went to college together, remember in high school, in the mornings, when cats used to just play games of 21 before school started, if you got to school early and the gym was open, weren't guys just playing, right? Right, but that, two things, first, that's Indiana, and second, that's everywhere, that's a that's a long time ago. Oh, okay, I mean, but... it's a uh, it's a different generation. But I mean, like I say, I think your expectations were just a little high because what sports all star game is good. But what other sport can you? Unlike, you know, for example, I think baseball. They really play the game of baseball. It's not like, hey, I'm throwing up softballs so that you can hit, you know, homers. I mean, guys are really pitching their best stuff. You know, guys are really pitching 90, 95, almost 100 miles an hour, right? You're watching the best of the best play each other, correct? Basketball right. basketball is made so that it can be the best of the best playing it. I mean, you don't have to call. Look, these are professionals. You don't have to call a bunch of sets and plays. But if these guys defended each other, I mean, I would love to be able to see, you know, matchups that, Maybe, yeah, you'll see it in a regular season, but you also don't see the off the ball stuff, the uh, the matchups that you might that might develop organically if this were a true all star exhibition game. I mean, I I don't want to hear about you know I can see it in football where where guys are worried about getting hurt. Okay, I understand that, but 
when you play basketball as a career, you can get hurt anywhere. You can get hurt in a pickup game. You can get hurt in practice, in a practice scrimmage. So why don't these guys play against each other the way you would expect them to play? Why isn't so? I mean, I mean, you know, you don't. It doesn't have to be playoff hard fouls, but it could at least be a a a little bit more than just the continual up and down dunk show that we saw. I mean, it's a better dunk contest, the All-Star game is, than maybe the All-Star dunk contest, which, you know, shout out to uh, um, uh, GR3, GR3, Uh, right, Glenn Robinson III, uh, Indiana Pacer, who uh, won the dunk contest, but... Uh, we're not claiming that. I mean, we're let's not, not even that. talk about that because it's like I think um, that had something to do with it as well because it was like that kind of sucked the life out of the weekend. <laughs> what the dunk contest? The three? Because I, mean, mm-hmm, I had watched everything, and then it was like the dunk contest. I knew Aaron Gordon couldn't live up to uh, last year, but I no. expected more out of that. Uh, the kid from Phoenix, uh, Jones, Derek right. Jones, I think. Right. Well, look, the, the best horrible. competitions from Saturday, and, and once again, I preface it by saying I didn't watch it. I mean, the best part of the technology and the age that we live in is I can watch everything on Twitter and catch up. You know, I, right. I, I don't even have to spend time watching the broadcast and all the commercials. I can wake up uh, at 12 midnight off the couch and catch up on everything that I missed or wake up Sunday more or sa- Sunday morning and catch everything. But I mean, you had the NBA three point contest, which I mean, look for a shooting contest is great. I'm disappointed that Steph Curry decided not to participate in it. I mean, really? I mean, you, you need rest from shooting. You shoot all the freaking time. You need rest from shooting. That was the most lamest excuse I've ever heard. But anyway, you know, Eric Gordon, Indianapolis native, uh, won. So shout out for that. Yeah. Um, and, and then what? The skills competition. You had, uh, what? Porzingis, Kristaps Porzingis ended up winning that. Um, those two uh, were probably better events, but you know, it's like mix in a three on three competition. Um, I, and look, I know guys don't, you know, okay, the big guys don't want to get sweaty because they're going out later that night, blah, blah, blah. But I'm, I'm just, I think well, something has to happen to rejuvenate the game. You know, that game, there was almost 400 points scored in that ball game. That's ridiculous. Vegas, Vegas missed, Vegas doesn't miss, Rob. Vegas, yeah. Vegas missed by about 50 points. I think the over-under I heard was wow. like 350. And right. anyone who was betting the over, which you always bet the over in an all-star game. In the all-star game, exactly. Right. That's <laughs> you, always, you always bet the over. Um, they ended up, you know, it ended up blowing the number away big time. I, I just think something's got to change. You know, well, I mean, and I think what you're missing is, I mean, you're, I think you're using older ideologies and trying to apply them to today. It's like, how can you, it's like the way I look at it, like I say, my expectations were low because I'm like, they don't play 82 games. <laughs> Some guys, and you expect them to go hard guys. in the All-Star game? Right. I mean, they're trying to cut back on games. Right. And then two, it's a it's a different generation. Um, you know, with social media and everything, I think they 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 kind of just don't want to embarrass themselves. Like if it wasn't, you know, in front of the world, you know, they're going to be, you know, more open to kind of going harder and seeing who the best is. 
Yeah, I look. I I, I still think you can. You know. Um, you can still find a way to play competitively. I mean, uh, the MVP was Anthony Davis, and he scored, if I'm not mistaken, like 52 points. And but but the stat line that blew me uh, away was he was like 25 of 28 from the field. Now, <laughs> 20 of those were probably dunks, and then he shot what two or three or four free throws. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, the previous record holder was Bill Russell. Uh, I believe he had scored 42 because Paul George ended up with 41, right? Right. That right. was hollow. That right. was that, just as bad. Like, and they were getting well, blown out. No, Paul's, Paul, was, Paul was shooting. Paul, Paul, if you go back and look, Paul was all uh, over the floor. He did shoot some threes. Uh, you know, he did finish at the rim a lot. Um, but it was a, it was a, it was way more diverse than, hey, let's catch, let's catch. They were uh, losing by twenty. Who? The East. Oh, that in, in Paul's, well, no, in Paul's year last. What was it last year when Paul did that? Mm-hmm. It was like what happened was he was like they were behind by so much they were letting him shoot, but then they played defense on him to make sure he didn't get that record. Right. So, but but somehow they decided they said, well, we're going to let Anthony Davis break the record in his hometown. Exactly. And, and he blew the record. I mean, come on. I mean, I guess that maybe that's, that's the part the generation. that generation. Like, oh. let him feel good. Okay. Oh, well, you know, here's Give him his moment. <laughs> Give him his moment, you say. Um, there's a story that I'm just coming across on ESPN.com uh-huh. in which um, the NBA commissioner addressed some potential changes to the All-Star game for next year. Uh, Chris Paul, who is the NBA Players Association president, uh, called on Silver to discuss changing the league showcase game shortly after um, the 192 to 182 defenseless defenseless contest. Um, Silver says that even Chris Paul agreed we need to fix this. Um, there is uh, this is this is coming from Silver. There is kind of a groupthink notion out there that when you have general managers and coaches in essence saying go easy, don't forget this is just for fun. Um, you know, you, you get a, you get a, you get what you get, which is a game in which there's absolutely no defense played. Um, you know, so, uh, some of the, you know, I, I, what's crazy is he's, he's asking for suggestions, literally. I mean, Adam Silver is encouraging people to email him. And if you want to email, I mean, you know, look, I feel like I want to put together an email suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> but he, yeah, he, yeah, he says I encourage people to email him, and here's the email address. How crazy is this? Adam at nba dot com. Very simple, right? Adam at nba dot com. If you has a suggest, if you have a suggestion on how to improve the All Star game, he wants to hear about it. Okay, I mean, literally, like I said, we know it shouldn't be playoff intensity level. Okay, I'm not asking for hard fouls okay but i am asking for can i get a little bit of defense can i get maybe the defense forcing the offense to have to pass the ball four or five times um (laughs) i I mean i just want to you know if i go to the park i want to see a good pickup game i want to see john john wall was an all-star game right i want to see john wall against uh russell westbrook 
I mean, Russ goes hard. Thank Always. You. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, give me give me That's a matchup I, I can see. Now, you know, granted, you know, these guys don't often match up against each other in a regular season game. So, I mean, wouldn't it be crazy to kind of see LeBron match up against, I don't know, you know, KD? I mean, obviously, who knows if we'll actually see that happen. But in the All-Star game, that's where we might see it. I don't think we often see it in the, um, you know, regular season. So, I I don't know. That's just just the thought that uh, I think it's interesting that the commissioner is kind of taking in. What what would you – if you you were going to send an email to the commissioner – What's one suggestion you would give him about the All-Star game or the All-Star weekend? Um, wow. I don't even know. Like I say, um, I, I would switch the order up, definitely. Don't have the dunk contest last. <laughs> I know that, you know, in the 80s and 90s, it was a, a feature event. But, I mean, you know, it's not. It's like nobody wants to do it. Um, it's, it's. I don't think it's like I think the, just the expectations are just too high, and I think this is really lip service because I mean, what can you do? It's ba- like you say, it's basketball. It's what they do, and I mean, if they're not going hard, like oh, they can be like oh, management said don't go hard. I mean, this is just how it is. I think we kind of have to get used to it. It, I think it's kind of indicative of basketball in general. Because I was going to ask you, like, how many regular season games, you know, do you watch? For example, I mean, there's just so much basketball out there that's just basically unwatchable. And I know it's the all-star team, but that's going to be like a um, trickle-down effect. The basketball's worse. The all-stars aren't the same as before, you know, because I think, uh, you know, like a, a star status is easily attainable. Yeah, look, in terms of basketball regular season games and how much do I watch, um, look, every basketball, the problem with the basket, the problem with basketball games and the things that make basketball games unbearable are your second units. When the second, because you're starting, most starting fives versus starting fives are usually you can watch, you know, they're worth watching, right? And you know that's going to be first quarter, Probably late second quarter, beginning of the third quarter, uh, late fourth quarter. Those are your prime time spots where you're going to see the starting fives against each other, right? Mm-hmm. The thing is, those those off periods, you know, late first quarter, or you know, not even late first quarter. I would say second quarter, uh third quarter, middle third quarter, early fourth quarter, those are the moments when a game can get unbearable because the second units, the second team guys may not be, I mean, you know, let's be real. I mean, if they were better, they'd be starters, but they're Mm -hmm. still good. But, uh, you know, there is still uh, a little bit of sharpness that you see. I mean, I'll use, for example, San Antonio, right? You could watch the San Antonio Spurs second unit and still see good basketball. Right. Now, 
we 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 will you and I will complain about the Indiana Pacers second unit. We don't always see good basketball out of the second unit. Is that because of the talent? Is that the coaching? What or is that, you know, what so which one would you would you lean on and say why isn't the basketball better? So when you match up two teams that don't have particularly good benches, well yeah, there's going to be pockets of a game when it's going to be unwatchable. Right, and we'll get into the Pacers later. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, but so this is what I'm saying. I understand completely what you're saying. What I'm saying is like you have. It's like I'm looking at the teams, Brooklyn Nets, unwatchable, even starting five, um, Detroit Pistons, mm, unwatchable. Right. Yeah. Uh, Okay, that's just uh well, you know, we've got the bottom look, I, I get it. We've got the bottom we've got the bottom you know, the bottom dwellers of the league and you know, they are what they are. Um you know, I I just But even the the, the top and it's like you were mentioning the Pacers, they're kinda of middle of the pack. It's it's hard to watch it's it's just like the the product. It's like um you know, I watched the a lot of the NBA on TNT, and you know that's what Barkley says. You know I don't like to agree with him, but I mean he exaggerates. That's what he's get, he's paid to do, but it is pretty bad. Eh. You know I, I was shaped by the hands. So I think it. I think it's all. I think it's all. I think it's all relative to the teams that are playing. I mean, you know. So I. I. I, I well, here's why it may be bad. Mm-hmm. It may be bad because you've got younger talent. I mean, the league is younger. Let's be, you know, we all understand that, or you should understand that. That right. on, on average, the league is younger, and guys have not developed um, professional games, you know, coming out of college because, you know, they only spent a year there. Um, you know, and then you're trying to learn the game from out of practices in the NBA. So why aren't, why aren't, why isn't the play better when guys have all day? That's your job now. Why isn't the play better when coaching staffs and training staffs and, you know, organization development programs should be geared towards improving guys a little more. You know, I mean, there's some teams who do it. I mean, look at player development in organizations like San Antonio. Uh, right. You know, and I, you know, I use them as an example because I see their second unit playing well always. Rarely do I see their second unit not playing well. So, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think, I think older guys who critique the game. And, you know, that's a source of contention, I think, and something that, you know, maybe we can talk on on another time or it's just something that I brought up before. Older legends who are talking about the game now have to start moving past this narrative of that's not how we played. That's not how I did it. That's not how it's supposed to be. Well, guess what? Times have advanced in 20 years quickly. I mean, you know, we, you know, people, people text and tweet. They don't use typewriters and write letters by hand. I mean, really, 
So, right. I mean, things change. The game of basketball. And I don't think there's, you know, everything shouldn't be a blame. You know, we can still find good basketball in what we watch. We just have to know what we're watching. And if these guys who are commentating are constantly telling us what's bad, how many times do you see these guys pointing out what's good? I mean, is there no good? It's like, and I mean, it, it, you do have to actually deal with it. But, I mean, the fundamentals, like, that's the root that I believe. It's like fundamentals are horrible. Um... Oh, and like some of those travels. Have you saw like the YouTube videos? Like they'll take like seven steps or when Russ just walked up the floor without dribbling. It's not like he's lax on it's, the rules. But, well, hold on. I mean, can you use that as an example? It's not like he didn't get called for travel. I mean, he did get called for travel in that particular play. I mean, after you know, a while. Well, I mean, look, he, well, he had a brain fart. The official, the official did. Look, it wasn't until the official was walking up the court expecting Russell to be dribbling, and it wasn't until you started seeing the guys from San Antonio like, yo, that guy just took five steps. And then the official was like, yeah, you're right. He he did. You know, it's one of those things that you just don't expect to see happen, and then it happened. I mean, right. but but the, but the like, traveling... Like you said, it was like, uh, sorry to cut you off, but it, it's, it's like a, a respect for the game. I think that they see, um, and it's not necessarily wrong, you know, as far as with the money that they're making now compared to what the older players made, you know, there's a little jealousy involved. Um, so, you know, they are going to actually point it out. And it's like I say, it's not that it's necessarily wrong, but you're going to look like a, a hater when you point it out. So, you, you know, it's not something that you can keep harping on. Right. Um, let's do this. Let's let's transition a little bit into the NBA trade uh, trade deadline because that mm-hmm. occurred right after the All Star um, break, which you know was was a week by the way. It was almost a week, so that, I found that pretty interesting. But the first the first real major shot of the trade deadline, which I think had a lot of people. Uh, thinking more was going to happen than what it actually did was that right after the All-Star game, the Sacramento Kings finally pulled the plug on the DeMarcus Cousins experiment, and they shipped him off to New Orleans uh, for, I don't know, for, let's see, for Buddy Heald, who was the number six pick, in the 2016 draft, veterans Langston Galloway, Tariq Evans, um, you know, essentially a big time deal for New Orleans because now you've got two of the top 10 players in the league, two, probably two of the top five front court players in the league, uh, playing side by side together, um, for, you know, at least this season and probably next year. I mean, Cousins is a free agent after next season. Um, you know, when you when you think about that trade mm-hmm. and for Sacramento, I thought what was really funny about that is, well, let me let me backtrack for a second. The minute that it became a thought that because of the new uh, veterans designated or what is it, the designated veterans exception, 
uh, in which teams can sign players for a, a, a ridiculous amount of money um, right. for them to stay. I mean, Cousins stood to earn about a $200 million contract over four years, and I just kept thinking, why in the hell would Sacramento give DeMarcus Cousins $200 million? I get that he's the, maybe the best center in the league, but your value compared to your problems is something that I often hear people talk about. And it made sense in this case in that here's a guy who, you know, at the time of the trade or maybe right before the trade picks up tech, uh, picked up a technical, a couple of technicals in a game for, you know, shooting a bird at fans. Um, he's getting on court technicals. You can count the number of coaches who have, um, come in and out of Sacramento around him. And look, I think the, 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 the big question that I, that I wanted to propose to you is it's almost like a, you know, the chicken versus the egg theory is DeMarcus cousins bad for Sacramento or is Sacramento bad for DeMarcus cousins? Yeah. You know, it's um, one of those chicken versus the egg kind of thing. Which or they can just both be bad. <laughs> a combination of two bad things colliding right. into each other at the same time. Exactly, because I thought um, I thought that it was like this was going to be good for Boogie, um, and then you know he was going to actually turn the corner, but it's like early returns, um, and I know it's a, you know it's a short period of time they have to adjust, so to speak, but. Man, he got another technical? Like, like, come on, dude. Like, I thought you were turning over a new leaf. It was like 30 seconds into the game. Um, you know that they're watching. You know, you can't do anything. And even um, last night, you know, they played good against the Spurs. Um, but it was like he was talking to the refs. And it's like the team, it's like, I mean, I know they don't have talent, but it was like everybody was just playing so you know, kind of so selfishly. It was like Solomon Hill was out there chucking threes. Like, he's a shooter. Like, <laughs> well, like where did this come from? Like, <laughs> but, like, um, I wonder if New Orleans is going to really uh, win. It's a guard league, and they don't have any. You can have the big guys, you know? But Drew Holiday regressed. So, well, the, was, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, that's why I was just going to say, like, mm, it may have been, like, you heard a lot of people saying, just addition by subtraction, just get rid of him, and you're like, his talent, and that's what I was referring to earlier, we're like, oh, he's a top, he's the top center in the league, a star, you know, like, um, but what has he done? And I mean, I know it's a combination, but, you know, like, you used to have to prove it. It's like, and I think that's what a lot of the older, tying it back to what we were talking about before, why a lot of these older players are kind of jealous. Like, you can be on the worst team in the league and be a star. The um, the, the Pelicans have lost four or five since the and trade. He play in the win. Huh? <laughs> Boogie, Boogie was suspended the win. Oh, yeah. okay. So there. <laughs> wow, good point. That was against the Pistons. Uh, right. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so, yeah, basically 0-4 with him. Um, and one of the things that I was trying to look up, I was trying to look up where New Orleans, because the immediate reaction from people was that 
you know, yeah, oh, they're splits. going to playoffs yeah, now. Yeah, splits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're going to oh, give the Warriors problems. <laughs> as an eight seed, they're going to give the Warriors problems. And, you know, how, if you're going to beat the Warriors, you know, that's how you do it with rebounding. And now you've got two of the best rebounders in the – it's like, oh, my God, really? I mean – <laughs> you, yeah, can't, exactly. you can't put lipstick on a pig and then all of a sudden you know expect it to turn out like a princess i mean it just it doesn't happen that way um uh, let me see here it is okay so new orleans obviously at this stage in the game look it's not inconceivable i mean they are currently as of today and us talking there are two games out of the ninth spot Okay, so there really there really is a group of teams that are just huddled huddled around the eight seed, which is Denver, all the way down to New Orleans. So from eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. So from eight to thirteen, it's four and a half games. From nine to thirteen, and that's Portland, Sacramento, Minnesota, Dallas, and New Orleans. There's a two game difference. So. Anything is possible, but you know, here's Sacramento now. You know, Sacramento, which they, you know, they get out of the trade first game out of the trade. You know, they win. Um, I'm trying to look at their their last most recent performances. I mean, they had a they had a couple of uh, let's see, they won that first game, I believe, against the Nuggets. Um, and then they, you know, they've lost the next three. So, oh right, you know, they, they don't have talent. Yeah, I mean, their job is to not win. Look, Sacramento's job is, yeah, just play, just play hard, hard and everything will work itself out. <laughs> play hard and everything will work itself out in terms of you losing. Um, let me, let me go to another team that, um, some people think did a good job in the, during the trade period, and that's the Dallas Mavericks. Um, you know, they they were basically able to move away from Andrew Bogut, who had an expiring contract, uh, obviously some injuries, things like that. Um, they were able to trade him to Philadelphia for Nerlens Noel, who was able to get out of that toxic mix of Philadelphia, you know, where they had, of course, they had Okafer, they had Embiid, and they had Noel. You know, Noel wasn't playing and it's just a it's just a, a losing environment. Um, right. Bogut was able to get out of Dallas, and they don't, I don't even think he even stepped into the um, stepped into the building in um, in Philadelphia. And he's now you know we'll, we can talk about this later. He's now uh, signed with Cleveland, so he comes out like a winner. Um, let's see. Dallas also gave up first round pick Justin Anderson. Um, in addition to a top 18 protected 27 first round pick. Um, so the Mavs are one of the worst teams, obviously, right now, record wise. And, um, that, that pick will, I believe, if I'm reading correctly, that pick will turn out to be good for them. Um, and then another, actually something that happened before the All-Star game, which would kind of, you put into this whole mix, the Toronto Raptors, they went after trying to make themselves better, um, where they shipped off Terrence Ross and a 2017 first-round pick to the Orlando Magic for Serge Ibaka, who's on an expiring contract, but he's a veteran power forward, 
You know, is it, he could be a double double guy. Could be that, mm. he could be that makeup for losing, uh, he could be that additional energy third scorer, third presence that Toronto needs, uh, if Kyle Lowry. Yeah, he fits into what they're doing. Yeah, he fits into uh, what they're, they're doing. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then they added uh, P.J. Tucker. Yeah, I like um, that pickup into into the mix, and uh, and then of course, you know another another good trade that happened. The Houston Rockets, who picked up Lou Williams in exchange, they sent Lou Williams to the uh, actually Lou Williams came over from the Lakers in exchange for a late first round pick in Corey Brewer, and they also let's see they also traded. Tyler Ennis to um, L.A. So, and then of course, first night out, Lou Williams steps in there with the Rockets, and he scores twenty something points, almost thirty actually, and it turns out to be a good fit. So, I mean, when you, when you think about those picks, any any one particular move that any move that happened that you liked, that you really liked, and I think you, you just mentioned one, but anything in particular that stands out from what happened? Well, we can talk about what didn't happen well, in a minute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, of course, the uh, the Rockets um, picking up Lou Williams. I think you know he's he's kind of underrated. Uh, I was reading something on him, and it was like you know he came into the league with with Allen Iverson. Uh, so he's been doing it a minute, and you know he's gonna get buckets, uh, and that's what Houston's about. It's like, um, you know, he stepped in there, like, yeah, Eric Gordon, I'm sixth man of the year. <laughs> that's what the 27 was. They said like they were like he didn't know plays or nothing, but that's what Lou Williams does. Um, I think people are really sleeping on uh, on Houston. They can really, uh, they can really do some things. I'm looking, expecting big things from them in the playoffs. Third in the, they're right now ranked third in the Western Conference, uh, seven and a half behind Golden State, five games behind San Antonio, and um, obviously, as things have now shaken up to be kind of interesting in in the Western Conference, um, after Kevin Durant's injury, which we'll we'll talk on. Um, the Rockets are uh, interesting. Uh, let's see. So since the trade, they have won. Let's see. They have won three of the last four. The only loss coming to the Pacers, but it's just that that offense. You know, that offense is is now I think even more lethal. Um, you know, second highest scoring offense in the league, uh, averaging 115 points a game. Um, second in assist in the league too, 25 and a half. So, I mean, there's not, there's, there's a lot of good ball movement and a lot of work that Houston is putting together, um, which makes them, makes them real dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. let's talk. It's like, don't sleep on their defense. I know we think of James Harden, but I was just looking, you know, Ariza, Patrick Beverly, Eric Gordon used to play defense, but yeah, it's going to be more about their offense, though. But I'm yeah. expecting big things. Well, uh, you know, and that's what'll be interesting come the playoffs because y- you do come away with this thought that okay, teams play harder, you know, teams try harder. Exactly, it's the playoffs, right? So I mean, let's look at like currently, 
um, as the third seed. We're talking a first round matchup against Memphis, you know, and here's Memphis who Memphis is one of the best defensive teams points uh, opponents points per game wise. They give up just under a hundred a game, you know, um, versus, you know, the Rockets who are coming in at a clip of 115. So it's one of those things that makes you say, okay, what's going to give? The irresistible force. Yeah, what's, you know, what's going to give? I mean, and, and, you know, I'll be honest, I don't think that's a great first round matchup. Yeah, nobody wants the Memphis matchup. No, nobody wants, you know, you'd, you'd rather see Oklahoma City, who's a game behind Memphis, run up into that sixth spot. I think that's a better matchup for Houston. I honestly think even if they were to somehow run up against the Clippers, let's say Memphis jumps the Clippers, um, I think even that's a better matchup. I, I think the two matchups that Houston that Houston probably doesn't want, and I don't have uh, series uh, matchups to even compare it to right at the moment, but uh, Utah – and Memphis. I mean, Utah only gives up 96 points a game, and Memphis at about 99. So, I mean, right now Utah's the four seed, Memphis is the six. So, I mean, if you're if you're Houston, you know you're hoping that Memphis keeps winning and jumps over the Clippers. Uh, <laughs> but the Clippers have been losing. It's like I think Clippers won six too. That's fitting Memphis and Utah. Well, and, like I say, nobody wants to play Memphis. Well, and plus, what, last night? I mean, just the other night, um, um, Houston beat the Clippers. Uh, I think it was 120-something to 103. I think I was just looking at it a second ago. Um, so there's, there's, there's a confidence that the Rockets have right now. And, you know, I think any chance you get to exploit that against a certain team, you, you've got to exploit it. I mean, without a doubt, you've got to exploit that, right? Oh, yeah. Like I say, once Memphis and I think Oklahoma City, they're going to they're going to you may see them losing some. They're comfortably in seventh now. Let Memphis move up because they're 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 waiting like Golden State, don't drop to two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so let's talk quickly about the trade or trades that did not happen. And I think two of the names that were coming up during the, you know, 24, 48 hours of trade rumors was, you know, Paul George of the Pacers and Jimmy Butler of the Bulls. Both guys were being talked about possibly being moved. Um, I think even Derek, you know, it's even funny, even Derek Rose got mentioned in possibly being traded. Um, but none of that happened. I mean, Boston seemed to be the primary suitor after Paul George, but then there was also people kind of maybe Boston was kicking the tires to kind of see uh, what Butler would be. I mean, okay. Put yourself in the perspective of Boston. I personally felt like going after Jimmy Butler was a better, would be a better play for Boston versus Paul George. Which of the two do you think would have been a better move for Boston? It it depends on price. 
Um, I would say Butler as well, just because, you know, Paul George likes to, well, they both like to hold the ball. Um, yeah, it's like, I don't, I really don't think either move was going to get him over the top. Really? I, see, I think Butler, because of the way Butler plays on the defensive end. Right. That's why I would have said it. I think Butler would have been a better play for Boston. Now, when it didn't happen, I mean, obviously, you know, the, what everyone is chasing is one of these draft picks that Boston has. and, and Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, one of the rumors that was floating around that the Pacers, I think, you know, was saying, okay, look, we don't want to trade Paul George, but if you're going to offer us something, this is what we want. And I think the, the rumor was uh, the Boston would have to give up three of the four players in either Avery, Avery Bradley, uh, Crowder, Jalen Brown, or Marcus Smart. Three of the four Boston would have to give up, plus one of the unprotect- one of the uh, Brooklyn Net draft picks that they're holding on to. You know, which is potentially going to be. Hey, Larry. Yeah, well, look. I mean, it, it became very clear that look, you don't want to give. Yeah, look, I don't think Bird wants to get rid of. He doesn't want to trade Paul George. He you thinks, sure? Well, I, look, if you're going to give me something for my for a franchise player, I I want a a positive return. And in three of those, you give me three of those four players, I'm getting back at least quality starters and maybe a quality bench player or two. Plus I'm instantly in rebuild mode and I'm going to rebuild around uh, Turner and then I'm getting a top three draft pick and I potentially could go after one of these top guys, Markel Fultz, uh, uh, Lonzo Ball, um, you know what I'm saying? You, you can go after right, somebody. a transcendent player. Yeah, a, a, a player that might be a superstar. You know, if mm. you're going to get rid of a superstar, then you want to be in the play that might go get another one. You know what I'm saying? Um, so Do you consider Paul George a superstar? In NBA terms, yeah. Why? Uh, why? Because I think, uh, one, he's the kind of guy that has the capability, I'm not saying that he does it all the time, that he has the capability to um, score off of anybody with the ball in his hands, and he has the ability to be able to score late in a ball game. Now, you know, we could debate about the leadership and the effort and all the other things that we argue about, and I think we both agree on that Paul George lacks. And but in the NBA term, in the NBA world, he's a superstar. Here, here's why I say this: Look at Paul George versus anybody on the Orlando Magic. Uh, you know, and I bring up them up because look, we live in Orlando and we right. see we see the Magic probably more than we care to see. But is there anybody close to Paul George's capabilities what? on the Orlando Magic? But it's like I think we have a different view of the Orlando Magic. Uh, I just think Frank Vogel's horrible. Well, hold on. We're not talking talking coaching. We're talking players. Well, no, but I'm like, you didn't put, it was like, it's like like Aaron Gordon at the four. It's like, I feel like they curbed his development. He's a superstar in waiting. Really? Um, 
Mm-hmm. I believe in Gordon. I like Hazonia. They didn't give him a chance. No. But that's a, that's a different conversation. Right. Um, it's like, why don't, I don't, why don't you think Paul George is a superstar? Because that's where I think you, you were kind of right. leading me. You were I walking like, me into that. I feel like he gets too much credit for as far as the, the playoff runs that the team has made. And I feel like his reputation as a defender isn't warranted because he can't keep anybody in front of him. But it was like Larry kept a seven-footer as far as to clean up the mess, so to speak. You're talking about before Roy the injury. Hibbert. You're talking about no, I'm your But see, now, also there's part of this before the Paul George before the injury and Paul George now. I would say Paul George before the injury was moving into superstar status. I mean, he go and look, he went to the Olympics and he played like a superstar. Um, you know, I think he showed in a little bit of time when he was with the what, the 2014 team. Uh before the, you know, obviously he got hurt in one of those uh, practice scrimmages or game scrimmages. Mm-hmm. Um he got, you know, he was he was he was in the superstar mode. I I you know, I I think I don't. I wouldn't call him. I'll give you that. I'll say I'll he's, a, I'll say he he's a top track. twenty. He's a top twenty he player in this track. league. He's a top twenty player in this league. I wouldn't. I don't know if I would put him in top fifteen. I definitely wouldn't put him in top ten. Right. But I right. would say that he's a top twenty player. And I mean, look, there's thirty. There's there's what? How many teams? Thirty. Thirty. Thirty two. Thirty. Thirty teams. There's thirty teams in the league, and. Not every team has a superstar. Okay, so right. I I think the Pacers have one, and you know until a couple of more seasons play out and you realize that maybe he's not the right star for this team, you know I don't think you give him up unless you get a lot back, and that's I think what Larry was basically saying, and he was calling. Danny Ainge's bluff and Danny Ainge didn't bite. Now, here's, right. now follow me here. Here's why. Here's another argument as to why I really think this didn't happen for Boston. Right? Think about bringing in a guy like Paul George or Jimmy Butler, two All Stars, two Olympians. You're going to bring them in. They're in the prime of their career. Okay. You're gonna. Mm-hmm. You mean you're gonna bring them into a team that's being led by Isaiah Thomas, okay? And they have their rotations. They they've been together all year, working under Brad Stevens. But you're gonna bring them in to chase after Cleveland, or just to potentially get to the Eastern Conference Finals? I mean, I don't. You know, I. I think when we first heard the news, I think everybody thought, hey, this is a great move. Good decision for Boston. Boston is going after it. But when you really step away from it, I think it makes sense why that trade didn't happen. Because it's like, yeah, it, it does. It makes sense in the fact that why mess up the chemistry that we have right now? Making a move for a Butler or a Paul George is something you do in the offseason to build you up going into the year. I mean, because they are those kind of guys. I mean, they're not, they're not a, a, a guy who is in the end of a contract or looking to get out of a situation. They're not, they're not that guy. 
they are superstars or, or the, the main guy on their team. And now you're going to take them and bring them into this mix. I mean, you gotta, you gotta really believe that Paul George or Jimmy Butler were like great team, unselfish guys that really want to ring bad, who really didn't think they could get it done in Chicago and Indiana to want to bring them into Boston to say, Hey, now we've got the squad that can beat Cleveland. That's an, that's a tremendous risk when you're already the two seed, you know? Boston is already the two seed and they beat Cleveland the other night. And, you know, I think they're going to fight off the other teams, you know, in the East, Washington and Toronto. They're going to fight them off hard to maintain that spot. Uh, I, I thought it made perfect sense as to why it didn't happen. Oh, it was a, a smart move. Um, of course, but it was just like, you know, kind of the public pressure, like people want something. Uh, that's kind of, you know, a sign of the times. What are you keeping all these picks for, you know? <laughs> you aren't going to have all these players. I do wonder that. I, but I, <laughs> I do wonder, I wonder that, like, I wonder that uh, after this past uh, draft. I was like, what are you going to do with all these picks? But to me, to me, it's like I look at it like he's proven me. It's like they still were not – Danny Ainge knew they weren't going to uh, – they weren't going to win, mm-hmm. even with Paul George. I don't think. I don't. It's like I, I'll be interested to see this year um, how they do in the playoffs. Because I mean, I hate to be, you know, be that guy, mm-hmm. but I have to see Isaiah do it in the playoffs. Because um, it's a different game, more physical, and I think potentially, you know, his size can be a hindrance more in the playoffs. And they depend on him so much. Well, I think what'll be interesting for Isaiah is he's already building this fourth quarter legend reputation, status and yeah. his fourth quarter reputation. And you mean to tell me if you're if you if you got the ability to do that in the playoffs, man, you are about to become a an icon in Boston. <laughs> you know, if you yeah. can if you can if you can maintain this level of performance and I think I was reading something where I think during the either the past month or either in the second uh, what 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 you'd call probably the second trimester of the NBA season, I think he had like a, P, a PER of like 31.1 which I mean I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, so his performance right now is just off the charts. Um, so yeah, it'll be. I, I think the the lack of trades, uh, lack of trade movements, makes sense because you've got the fact that team really. I mean, look, I mean, I've maintained that there's only three teams, maybe four, that can win the finals, and if you're not one of those three or four teams you're kind of staying put. Everybody else is really playing for, uh, what are you playing for? Maybe either playoff positioning or you're playing to not lose uh, a lottery spot because <laughs> it's a, like a good draft coming up. It's like you don't want to lose. A historic draft. Yeah. Well, I don't, yeah. I've been on this class. Oh, um, gosh. You come on a historic. Like, uh, really? Last year's, the class of 2016 out of high school. Like, everybody won't come out, but... Historic, though? Really? It was like, I look back, I look back at the 2003 draft. Yeah. Um, that was supposed to be so classic. It was like, just those four players. 
because they redrafted it, and Kirk Heinrich still went seven. Like, uh. <laughs> well, I mean, but it, it went. How many drafts do you have? Four um, megastars. I mean, that's what I'm saying. We may I mean, have you, that with good players. Uh, well, I, I, you know. <laughs> anyway, I, we again I the debating of the 2017 draft because I right. I I can't wait to start that. Um, I, I've I gushed over the I think it was the 2014 and 2015 drafts. I thought those were good draft classes. 16 was kind of okay. I think that there weren't the there weren't the young guys. Uh, as you had in the two previous drafts. So now we, we jump back on to, oh, oh, here comes some more talented freshmen and sophomores from out of college in this upcoming draft. So I, uh, anyway, I, I can't wait to start that. Um, let me do this. Let me take a quick second before we move on, Bill, and uh, okay. let me give a quick, um, our supporters of this podcast, crawl, let me start with crossover. And uh, basketball season may be wrapping up, at least in the high school level, but club basketball is about to begin. And there's still an, uh, an opportunity for you coaches and your club programs to take advantage of crossover. Um, you know, Crossover is the company that can make film sessions more engaging by clipping and tagging plays for you. They can create highlight films, uh, highlight reels, and telestrations. Plus, you can share all of this with players and assistant coaches easily. In as little as 12 hours, Crossover will give you shot charts and advanced stats that you can use and access from any PC or mobile device. Visit crossover.com slash ARC, A-R-C, to try one game for free. That's crossover with a K dot com slash ARC to be more efficient in the film room and win more games this season. That's uh, crossover.com slash ARC. And uh, also want to give a mention to our friends over at iSlide and uh, iSlideUSA.com is the uh, company that has been a big supporter of ours. Uh, Steve and I have definitely, you know, taken advantage of um, their product. It's a great product. They uh, provide comfy, customized slides that allow you to put your favorite design, uh, photo, image, or even your favorite NBA team on the slide. Um, they are one-of-a-kind, comfy, customized for you, exclusively for you or your team. Visit iSlideUSA.com. Check out the variations and design styles that you can create from your laptop or PC. That's iSlideUSA.com. For listeners of Beyond the Arc, use the promo code BTA15, that's BTA15, and receive 15% off your order. Again, use promo code BTA15 on iSlideUSA.com and stand in what you stand for with iSlide. All right. Brian Fulford here, joined by my man Bill Johnson, uh, doing some writing for us. Uh, you, you can read Bill's last masterpiece on beyondthearcradio.wordpress.com. And of course, you can follow him at the right angles. That's, uh, T-H-E-R-I-T-E 
A-N-G-E-L-Z. I got that right, correct? L-E-Z. Yeah, that's what, uh, L-E-Z. I thought that's what I said. Maybe I didn't. Uh, you can always follow me at B, uh, nope. You can follow me at DRB365. And of course, the show, uh, is on Twitter at, uh, BTA Hoops on Facebook, Beyond the Art Podcast. And, uh, all of our shows are on, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and, uh, you know, any, any, uh, reviews or, or shares or likes that you can give us, we'd, uh, definitely appreciate it and would depend on, uh, would thank you immensely. Uh, get off the cat hanging out on the, uh, on the chair while in the middle of this podcast. I'm like, come on, get off. Um, and of course, hey, don't want to forget about my man Steve. That's, uh, Steve. You can follow him at HW Hoop Central. Make sure to check out the webpage, hardwoodhoopcentral.com is where you can find Steve. And if you're wondering, hey, where's Steve? Steve is in the, uh, he's in the dungeon grinding, um, grinding on some, uh, his schoolwork right now. So, uh, you know, uh, shout out to, uh, Steve and yeah, shout out to Steve. And, uh, you know, hopefully we will have him on and he and I will, get into some conversations i'm sure about much madness and everything going on it's time of year um so bill let's let's transition over to i'm trying to pull up uh pull up my 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 notes some of the things talked about getting into um i thought you know one of the things that i thought you know here we are coming up into the last uh, month and a half of the regular season and I thought it was pretty interesting to kind of look back at maybe how at this NBA season as a whole. You know, I, I think coming into the season, we thought that, you know, as I said, I, 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 you know, we had obviously the epic finals that we were coming off of Cleveland Golden State. We had the off season where Durant moved, you know, from Oklahoma City to Golden State. And, you know, it really became what I what I felt was a four team race for, you know, the NBA finals. You know, sadly, that's one of the things I think the NBA is. That's one of the problems of the NBA. It's hard to call it a problem when it's very look, it's one of the more popular. It's a very popular league worldwide. So, I mean, you know, let's see problem. Yeah, it's a good problem to have, I guess. Um but you didn't know kind of what the storylines were going to be. And I thought kind of looking back, I want to kind of take you through some of the themes and just kind of get your thoughts on maybe what you thought of the season to date. Maybe some things maybe that I missed here in this okay. little summary. Um, you know, think back to November, the start of the season. And I think the big storyline that we had back in November was Russell Westbrook. You know, we all thought coming into the year that Russell Westbrook was going to attack the triple-double mark that was set by Oscar Robertson uh, in terms of a triple-double average, the last player to do it. He right. he accomplished that in November, um, and he's held on to that average. That average is holding strong. And I think the number of triple-doubles is also he's setting records – you know, nightly with uh, the number of games. You know, I think he's, yeah, he's doing his thing. Yeah. It's like forty point triple double. Right, like. right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, he is he is putting a team on his back, literally. Well, you know, 
instantly, you know, he becomes the front runner in the whole MVP conversation. Um, and then, you know, what happened in the next month was that, you know, James Harden start kicking out triple doubles. And then we start looking over and we start looking at Houston and, you know, we kind of, we, I think some of us, I know Steve and I talked about it. We, we weren't really sure that Harden could be in the MVP conversation because we didn't think Houston would be a top four seed in the, in the West. Well, it's kind of flipped where in December we started seeing that, uh oh, Houston is winning ball games. I mean, Houston is rising into a top three, four team in the West, Oklahoma City. You know, it's hanging out towards the bottom. We realize they are what they are, which is, you know, Russ and the Thunder. And, you know, then Harden kind of snatches away a little bit of the MVP conversation and love. Um, you know, I think he sets Deservedly some, so. Yeah, oh, deservedly so. I mean, the numbers that I think he's putting up um, for his team are tremendous. I mean, he's setting records in franchise history records. He's setting league records. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty fascinating seeing those two guys doing what they're doing on a triple double level. Um, and even in December, I mean, a lot of the talk early on was the Cavaliers. Uh, but then we started seeing the Warriors start to kick it into gear in December. And we started seeing, now we're starting to see in Durant and West, uh, uh, not Westbrook, but Curry and, um, uh, Thompson and Green. And we're looking at this team and then they start putting up these scores and now they're averaging almost 118 points a game. And I mean, even in the record setting year, they weren't averaging this point. I mean, they think they were averaging about 114 a game when, uh, when they set the record last season, right? So now the conversation is, Maybe record-wise, they're not better, but you know, statistically, this is a better team, and you know, so we—that's you know what we started seeing in December, and they started separating themselves. And you know, one of the the teams that we really didn't see people talk about in December was the Spurs. You know, the Spurs started out hot. I mean, one of the hottest road teams in the league. Uh, they just kept winning, and they have stayed even pace. With the yeah, it was a wait and see. I mean, Duncan's gone. So right. Wanted to, people wanted to give it a little time. I mean, it's amazing what Kawhi's done now. Like, exactly. Uh, I'll just become a superstar. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm as quiet a superstar as Tim Duncan was. And guess what? My team is is hanging tit for tat with uh, Golden State. And so that's how the year 2016 ended. And then we got into 2017, and I and I swear, Bill, 2017 has been this year of of drama. It's been filled with with uh, bad. I mean, with the Cavs, their worst month, LeBron's worst month with any team in nearly I don't know ten years. I mean, I think the Cavs went like six and seven in the month of January. We had the constant complaining. You know, that we need more. We need more. Um, I mean, I think that was obviously a... a and it worked. <laughs> it eventually worked. <clears throat> right. We'll get into that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then, you know, <clears throat> we had the sniping back and forth between LeBron 
and Charles Barkley. Uh, while that's going on, we've got Phil Jackson and Carmelo. You know, that, that whole thing's going on. Carmelo, he's not, he's not going anywhere. Phil's acting like he wants Carmelo gone so he can kind of start rebuilding. And I mean, just the sniping. Yeah, then Oakley. Oh man. And then the Oakley thing <laughs> happens. And, and then in Chicago, we've got guys that are putting out locker room. I mean, stuff that should probably right. stay in the yeah. locker room gets out on the media, gets out on social media, on Instagram with the Rondo stuff. And, you know, I mean, it just is like, what in the hell is going on? I mean, I think, uh, you know, January was one of the. I mean, you could you could have written a soap opera based on the NBA in January. I mean, just off all of the. I mean, there was something to talk about almost nightly, weekly, during the month of January. Oh, right. Good for business, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, great for business. Um, the All Star teams get announced. Of course, Westbrook ends up being the one that gets snubbed out of the triumvirate of Curry, Harden, Westbrook. You know, you know, um, the the new rules for the All Star voting kind of uh, worked as a disadvantage for Westbrook, uh, so he doesn't start the All Star game. But the month of February. We get a, a trade deadline that doesn't really produce anything. Uh, probably the best thing that happened in the month of February was the whole JaVel McGee and Shaq, you know, going at each other uh, for however long that lasted. And um, then we start to see the Cavaliers start improving their roster and looking like, I mean, a ridiculously good team on paper. Kevin Durant gets hurt at the end of the month here. And now everyone's kind of questioning what that means for Golden State going forward. So I, I wrapped up. That's the last four months. You know, when you when you look back on the last four months, Bill, mm -hmm. any one particular or a few things that kind of stand out as you look back on the season of interest what do you what what are your thoughts on where the season has led us up to today oh um it's it's like full of twists and turns now um we all thought we kind of knew how it was going to end up as far as you know with Kevin Durant on the Warriors everybody assumed you know Cleveland and Golden State and you know I don't I didn't necessarily assume that Golden State would uh would win the title um, because I don't necessarily think they're better than last year. Um, they're they're better offensively, but you know, as far as complete team, um, we'll see how Kevin Durant how he comes back because he's like their rim protector too. As far as he's really important on the defensive end, so um, that's what I'll take away. As far as I feel like everything is actually, um, especially in the Western Conference, um, and you know that's where typically the clay is. But I feel like the Western Conference is uh, wide open, um, and what I'm looking at now, as far as after the uh, the Kevin Durant injury, like are we going to get an Oklahoma City? Golden State first round matchup in the playoffs. Mm. That would be interesting. Um, right. That would be the prelude to, I think, like a classic playoffs. I, you know, I, I actually think um, because, let's see, currently the eighth seed is Denver. Um, 
you know, I don't know if I like what Denver is doing right now, the way Denver is playing. I don't, you know, I don't, obviously that's a young team. So I think almost in the same vein of what happened to New Orleans when they played the Warriors, what I think it was two seasons ago, you know, you may have some interesting games, but, you know, I think that would, you know, that would be a five game series if I had to bet it. Um, oh. uh, Golden State, um, Golden State and, um, Denver. You know, I, I don't think that's, uh, right. I don't think that series would last very long. Were you conceding the number one seed to Golden State? Well, I, look, I, you know, I, here's the, here's the thing, and I don't think, and I don't know how quickly, I'm trying to see if I can pull this up while we're talking. I don't know. My computer's not moving as fast. What? I, I, two and a half games well, up. Where's where I was going? How many? I don't. I don't and think they play San Antonio. I was going to say that. I don't think they have played, but maybe one time thus far, if I'm not mistaken, right? right? So Correct. they've either got what well, you said two. So, I, so it's not three, right? It's just two games coming up. Two at San Antonio. Two at San Antonio. I so look. San Antonio is not the home dominant team. That they have been, yeah, that they have okay. been. Correct. But, but I will say, I think that'll be the test two in a row in 180 something right. games. And they're historically bad in San Antonio. Uh, where did that's like two and ten? Bad, really? Something really? like that. Yeah. Uh, come on, they were the Spurs. Golden State just came up. Okay. Uh, well, okay, but I, look, I can't use historical data from anywhere past the past two years. I'm not gonna. I said Steph Curry two and ten. No, no. In San Antonio, <laughs> the last two seasons, what's the record? It's it's right. Those were the two wins they had in won. the past two seasons. But I'm okay. saying, okay, give me like, okay, just take the last. You know okay. what I'm saying? Take the last two seasons. Don't give me anything prior. Don't give me any historical data. Prior okay. What you know? I think they can win in San Antonio. Um, now, you know, the question is going to be, you know, is San Antonio? I think San Antonio has. <clears> oh, <throat> do you think they can win in San Antonio without Durant? Yes, I think they can. Okay. I think they can. Okay. I think they can. I just wanted to yeah, clarify. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I think they can. Um, but I do think San Antonio is getting to a point where they're going to have to get great guard play from Tony Parker or some other guard, Patty Mills. I don't, I think their guards, that's the weakness of San Antonio right now. I'm not saying that it can't get better because it's, they're capable. We, we, I'm not going to, you know, dismiss the capability because we've seen it now. If there's something else going on, you know, injury or whatever else. Right. But I think San Antonio is the kind of team that can rise uh, at, at that point of the season. Okay. Um, but I think that that's going to be a great matchup. I, I do think Golden State can can fall. I think Golden State can definitely, you know, lose a game or two, you know, down the stretch. Um, and out of 25 games left. Um, you know, the question is, are they going to lose? I, I think they get in trouble. I heard somebody say if they keep with the average win rate, let's see, they're 50 and 15 right now, or 50 and 11, 50 and 10, something like that. I think they have to continue at a pace of 17 and 5 over the next 20, 23, 24 games. I think that was the average. 
if they lose something like seven or eight games, then they will lose a one seed. I, I, I firmly believe that. If they lose seven or eight games over the next month and a half, yeah, they'll lose the one seed. And it sets up some interesting scenarios, you know, going forward because, yeah, because look, how many, let's just, let's say, let's keep it real. How many more games do the Rockets have to play? Do the Rockets get another shot at playing Golden State? I think, I would think that's a team that's licking their chops to get, um, a shot at uh, Golden State right now, you know? Yeah, I'm sure with Lou and with Sweet Lou. Right, exactly. I mean that that would be uh, that would be an interesting game. Um, so the um, what were we? I think I think we were as we what what else? What else from the 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 past? you know, four months or season um, are on your radar. Where do you feel the if you had to handicap the MVP debate through, you know, the past four months up to where we're at, how do you handicap the MVP race? Because I think that's going to be real interesting to watch down the stretch. Well, I mean, I don't, it's like what Russ is doing now, He's not leaving any doubt. Like, I'm not as convinced as far as in the triple-double because I feel like that's a team accomplishment. Let's be real. Adams is giving him rebounds. <laughs> Steven Adams don't really need help from the guard on the boards. But um, So it wasn't the triple-doubles that necessarily, you know, impressed me, but the way he's putting up 40, <laughs> you got to give it to him. I'm like, I don't care. It is like... Um, I don't think everybody can like put up points like that at 40 or 50 points. Yeah, but as a seven seed, I mean, historically, if you go and look at the MVP race, there aren't a lot of teams who there, – there aren't a lot of MVPs, I should say, that win the MVP when your team is not a top four seed team. I, I think there were some stat that I, that I heard that uh, I think you may have to go back – I may be dating myself. I want to say Bernard King. I don't know. It's some it's some stat from maybe the 80s or 90s, the last player, might be the 80s, the last player to win MVP and his team not be a uh, top four seed going into the playoffs. So, I mean, if you if you stick but if you stick to preface uh, this is a historic season, first off. And what were what were the expectations, though, I, for Oklahoma State? Well, I, okay, okay, I'm glad you said that. I honestly thought the expectations for the team were top four seed. Maybe a, maybe a five. Yes, I did. <laughs> well, <laughs> you laugh. Okay. I okay, know look, why, because I know why. You, let me ask it's you these like questions. Indiana bias oh, stop. Where you overestimate Victor Oladipo. Russ is carrying these boys. Oh, no, hold on. It's like Oladipo, that was a great trade Oladipo they made to get Taj uh, Gibson and, uh, and McDermott. But it's like, come on, at the beginning of the year, it was like 500. Oladipo has nothing to do with this. I'll tell you what has okay. more to do with it. It's the performance of two teams that I didn't see playing as well as they are. One being Houston, two being Utah. I thought both of those teams would be uh, 
anywhere from five to seven, five to eight, you know, playoff caliber teams. If everything stays healthy, I didn't expect. Um, and you know, the stat, I'm, I'm not on the stat page anymore, but come on. I didn't expect, uh, Utah to be as good. I mean, I didn't see them being as good defensively. I knew they would be a good team if everybody stayed healthy. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. And, and the same look, I, wow. I, I mean, if you did, Hey, props to you. I'd, but be honest. Well, it, and those are the two things like, that are ahead of where I thought Oklahoma city would be. Well, I didn't think Oklahoma city, like, uh, I can't believe you still can't believe you thought they were four though. How they were constructed at the beginning of the year. I really they like, like I say, guy. I like they their lost roster one guy. now. Look, I may, okay, maybe I'm not saying that. You know, I hate to say that. I devalued. I didn't devalue one guy leaving. I mean, the whole team, but one guy is, you know. But they were a two two man team. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they lose. They lose an MVP in Durant. And I really thought. I really thought that yes, there would be some drop down but not as significant as it's been. I really didn't think that. So you saw them after the uh, Warriors, Spurs, and Clippers? Yeah, oh, definitely. I saw them, yes, I I did, yes. Oh, most definitely. That's why I said the four seed. I said four or five. I said four or five. So with them Uh, flirting at seven and six and eight is is, is shocking. But, you know, once again, two teams that I didn't think would be as good are playing better. And that's why they're where they're at. I mean, it's simple. But but it's like, I mean, even though they're a seven, it's like that's what I'm saying. Those two teams are, are, are just, like you say, they're coming of age. And it was like, the reason I say that about Utah is so many free agents. Boys going to play when they money's on the line. <laughs> Gordon Hayward and uh, George has been real good for them. George oh, yeah. Hill. Yeah, George Hill has played uh, better than uh, better than I thought. Uh, he would play. Um, that's been a that's been a positive for them, and that and you know they even started the year without Gordon Hayward. Right, that's what I'm saying. Joe Johnson early in the yeah. year, but I'm looking at the records. It's like Oklahoma City's 35 and 27. They could still win like 50 games, even though they're in the seventh spot. Yeah, well, I, that's remarkable to me because I, I guess I didn't believe in the roster. Well, like okay, you. but it, is it remarkable if? If Houston wins 55-plus games, being led by James Harden doing what he's doing, is, you know, and I think the the Harden factor, you know, the expectation of, yeah, Russell is setting a record and is on a historic pace, but you compare that to James Harden, Compare it to Isaiah Thomas in the Eastern Conference doing what he's doing, especially in the fourth quarter, and the success they're having. <clears throat> and let's be real, LeBron having better numbers this season than he's had in years past, and them playing at such a high level, uh, I I can't, you know, it's, that's why I said, how do you handicap this MVP race, and I'm I'm surprised that you feel it's so uh, so 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 much of a clean runaway for Houston's roster. Huh? What do you mean, Houston? I think you're sleeping on Houston's roster. What do you mean? 
Like, it's no, it's nowhere close. It was like they just, uh, I don't know what kind of contracts they got, but it's like, I guess Pete Gordon's been hurt so long, people don't know, but he was traded for Chris Paul. It was like Ryan Anderson. Right. I know they gave him a gang of money. It was like this roster, well, those are, those Sam are, Decker, exactly. Harold, those are two guys. I mean, role yes, players. It's like guys. a good composition. Yeah, those are two guys that you – look, Anderson and Gordon are a big reason of why they are having the success they're having. I mean, um, I, look, I, I'll, I got it right here in front of me. Ryan Anderson making 18 mil – 18.7 this year. Eric Gordon making 12.3. I mean, Eric Gordon is like on the cheap right now. Um, both right. of those guys <laughs> are playing at such a high level, and those guys have been hurt a lot. Um, you know, they moved Patrick Beverly off the point guard. Trevor Rees is still there. He's always been a quality guy. But, you know, now the Rockets are they're getting production from, you know, Clint Capella. Sam Decker, Montrez Harrell. Uh, now you add in, like you said, a Lou Williams. Um, I, That's what I'm saying. Like they were, it was, it was just dysfunction last year. You know that that dynamic with, I guess Dwight Howard's a cancer. I guess big guys are cancer. Well, so. <laughs> look, it might, it might. It's funny. It's funny you mentioned that. It might have just been Dwight Howard. You know, might, you know, it might have been Dwight Howard. Uh, Could have been him a little bit. And look, this. You know what's funny is I've heard people say this. This offense that uh, Houston is in, this you know, this up tempo four out. It's very similar to uh, what. Dwight had the when the Magic went to the when the Magic went to the NBA Finals that year. It was just it was a similar style. It was a hey, we got a point guard who can penetrate and attack. We've got outside shooters, and then Dwight. We just need Dwight to go get rebounds and putbacks, and maybe occasionally we'll run some two man game uh, and 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 get some get some easy dunks and putbacks. It's like Dwight wants to be he wants the ball to run through him. He's not a he's not a he still hadn't figured well, out a, he's not a uh um a, a run the offense right player at all. Oh right. You you're not gonna, you don't run the offense through Dwight Howard. You run it around and with Dwight Howard. Like just set the pick and roll. <laughs> like we're not gonna dump it to you in the right. post. And, and it's like that's the problem with yeah. it, but it's like that's what I say. It's like I've kind of come to grips with it because that's this generation they just want numbers oh i gotta get this many post touches so i can you know have a double double it's not about he's getting, he's getting uh, double doubles even winning. not being the focus i mean look he well i mean he wants 20 you gotta have 20 though 20 at least 20 well, points 20 and it was like he wasn't happy with just a double double like a ben wallace he didn't want uh that kind of um stigma and you know, they pay off of numbers. And perception is based off of numbers. Um, that was a, it's like, that was a good team now. I think he became kind of overrated. Everybody's like, it was just Dwight. Uh, Rashard Lewis was on steroids. <laughs> well, Rashard Lewis was. <laughs> and he was balling. He was. Whatever he was on, he was he was balling. That was in his prime. Or, yeah, he, was, he, was making, he was making max money, put it like that. He was made, he made a lot of money in those, in those seasons. So, I mean, that team that team got a lot done. Um, but that, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, it's like, that's kind of the time we live in, the perception, like, Dwight started thinking he carried the team. And it's like, to kind of tie up, 
tie into what we were talking about before, like about Paul George, I think he, the way he talks and like, you know, complains, I think he thinks he carried us to the Eastern Conference Finals when, you know, that was a collaborative effort. Yes. Yeah, no, it, it was. It was definitely a collaborative effort. And, um, you know, they, you know, they just came up short. I mean, you know, it was a, it was a good group. It was well put together. It was well put together. And you know what? They had a they had a run for a couple of years, and and that's that's why you have to take advantage. You have to go. You have to go and get it. And maybe, you know, too bad they didn't build up a better bench, um, so that they can maintain leads or separate themselves in the in those off moments when your starters aren't there. Or unfortunately, you know, I should say some moves that Bird made come back to bite him in the butt. You know, to 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 this day, I still maintain I can't wait for somebody in Indy to make a thirty for thirty on what the hell happened with Roy Hibbert. I mean, you know, there's a guy who went from being a a defensive player of the year candidate uh, to mush. I mean, basically. Well, you know, I think it was just a a testament to Larry's greatness that he got him up to that level. <laughs> it was like I don't think Hibbert. Um, well, yeah, the team he, did develop his, him. His history. No, they developed. They de- when you think about Hibbert when he came into the league, those first right. three seasons to where he got to be was a testament to the Pacers and their player development, without a doubt. But. It was like he had issues. It was like, you know, I don't know if it was the fame or what, but, you know, there was a lot of stories about him. Like he had to go to the psychologist. Like they had to go get rid of O'Brien. And it was like that's part of the reason Vogel got the job. Right. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, So back back real quick to the the MVP conversation as it it relates to the four – is there anybody that you would throw in the mix outside of Harden, Westbrook, James, Isaiah Thomas? Is there any name that should be considered um, down the stretch here, based on what we've seen? Uh, uh, I mean, what do you what do you mean? Like just to get votes or? <laughs> well, okay, break it down percentage wise. Thank you. How would you give me percentages on what are the odds if you had to if you had to break down the odds? Out of you know a hundred percent zero to a hundred, how would you break down the race for the MVP? Mm. In terms of who do you think? Is I mean, I think I think it's just like that's what I'm saying. Just based off the 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 numbers, the sheer numbers, it's going to be Westbrook. I mean, what, um, what do you think that the what, okay? So the likelihood of it's Westbrook. What do you say? It's what fifty percent, forty, fifty, fifty. I'll give it fifty to Westbrook. Um, maybe thirty to Harden. Wow. <laughs> and I don't think anybody else really has a chance. Not to discount their years, but just how how things work. It's like uh, we can't say you know. Well, it used to be off merit. Like like for example, last year Steph Curry was unanimous. Um, it's like a perception has a lot to do with it. And if I'm like, if Russ keeps scoring 40. Yeah. Okay. But are these, I still go back to winning though. I still go back to winning. I I still believe. But that's what I'm saying. That's what we were talking about. But winning does it. It's like winning has to matter. Look, Oklahoma has Oklahoma city. The last two games, they lost to the Suns, 118 to 111. 
The game well, before that, they lost to the Trailblazers. The Blazers, 114 to 109. Because there's seven games up on eight, and they don't want to move up. Oh, so you I told you, you. I believe their holding is seven. Like, come to us, Golden State. Okay, that, that's an interesting theory now. That if you're, That's an interesting theory you're giving me right there. You don't think teams do that? Because look at the, I think that's uh, so hard. I think, the Clippers have I been losing. I think that's so hard to do, though. I think that's so hard to do. I'd have to. I, it's 20 games, and you're seven games up. Yeah, but Russ isn't coming off the floor, so unless you're shaving minutes from other people who potentially might be scoring buckets, then I don't know how you I don't know how you do that. I I don't I I I, I don't know. That's, we'll that's see. Hard. Um, it, okay, so if, if I had to break it down, just remember I said it first. I'm, look, I'm you're on tape. <laughs> you're on tape. It's it's there. Um, if I had to shade. The percentages, I think it's a lot closer um, because I, I'm factoring in the people who are making the votes. Okay, I'm factoring in the media. I'm factoring in the perception and what media has historically done. And uh, it, it should be noted and that even in Oscar Robertson's. Um, Triple double year. year. He mm-hmm. was not the NBA MVP, right? I think he finished third behind right. Wilt and Russell, if I'm not mistaken, or some order of that fashion, Russell or Wilt. You know, so it's not unprecedented that the guy who has the great statistical season doesn't end up, you know, as the MVP. Uh, so here's where I'm going with this percentage wise. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to roll. It's call me crazy, but I think right now it's a 25% shot between Harden and Harden and, um, uh, Isaiah Thomas. And then I think I've got 50% that I divide up honestly between Westbrook James and Kawhi, and I think I would probably go. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to do the math here, right? So bear with me. I, I think I'd go twenty twenty ten. I'd probably go twenty Westbrook. Twenty. I'd probably go twenty Westbrook, twenty Kawhi, ten LeBron. It seems crazy to say 10 LeBron, but I'm doing that because I think the perception down the stretch is going to be that LeBron is now playing with this uh, this roster that is this great roster that he's never had. I mean, he's never had a team around him like this. Um, so I, I'm going to go. Yeah. So to recap, I'm going with 25 percent Harden, 25 percent Isaiah Thomas, 20 percent Westbrook. Twenty percent Kawhi Leonard, ten percent um, LeBron. I, I just, I think it's a lot. Yeah, I mean, I can agree with you on on the LeBron because, you know, he has been. Uh, he could be MVP every year, um, right? Basically, yeah. um, but after Steph got unanimous last year, they do kind of owe him. He was hot about that. Yeah, well, 
Um, look, if if the Cavs somehow go on a streak when we all expect them to rest, but let's just say they go on some kind of streak and you know finish with maybe just like one loss out of the next twenty twenty two games. I mean, you know, push. I mean, they're at forty forty they're at forty two games right now. If they push it to sixty. 62 wins um, and finish on a strong streak, I, I think LeBron's rating that I just gave him will go up. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what the MVP race is like. I think that'll be interesting. Um, let's kind of let's kind of transition for a second, Bill, and let's talk about uh, one of the things that I, I mentioned and I put on uh, the show notes to kind of the Eastern Conference over the past week. You know, we're you know we've seen a it was a good week for the Eastern Conference and the best teams in the Eastern Conference playing each other this past week. Um, you had Monday, uh, not Monday, but I think you had a uh, Tuesday night. You had the Hawks at Boston. It may have been Monday night. Uh, the Hawks at Boston. The Hawks right now, the five seed. They they go to Boston and win one fourteen to ninety eight, right? And I think the Hawks are kind of interesting because the Hawks are one of the the Hawks are that team that started the season hot. They had a they had a they had a. I think one of the best, they were one of the best defensive field goal percentage teams in the league. And then they had a stretch where I think for about a three week stretch, they could not beat anybody. Um, I think it happened right after, let's see, Thanksgiving. I actually went home to Indy. So I saw them beat the hell out of Indiana. And after that, mm-hmm. after that game, it was like Atlanta could not find wins. It was just like they, I mean, it just got to a point in their season where you were thinking, okay, we know we got a lot of expiring contracts. Uh, the word was starting to, to seep out that maybe Atlanta's just going to blow this thing up. You know, they traded Kyle Corver and people were thought, oh, here's the first of many. And really nothing happened after that. You know, it's like they got rid of Kyle Corver and then started winning again. And then it's like, okay, well, you know what? Uh, let's kind of keep this thing together. No, they didn't make any moves in the trade deadline. So, I mean, I don't I have no idea what to make of the Hawks. I mean, um, so that was Monday. Then I think to, uh, Wednesday, you had the Cavs at the Celtics. Uh, Cle- that was a big one. Yeah, the Cleveland ended up winning that, 103 to 99. Um, a little controversy. Celtics won that. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Boston ended up winning that 103 to 99 at home. Um, that was the first loss for the Cavs in a, in a few games. Um, I just had that, I just had their clubhouse up. I'm looking at the, the stats here. They lost that game and, uh, well, they had, you know, they had just come off of beating, uh, one, two, three, four, five. They had won five of the previous six games uh, before losing that game to uh, the Celtics. Um, you know, it looks, you know, so they were starting to sort of find themselves. You know, Kyle Corver was starting to get in the mix. So that was an interesting game. Uh, needless to say, LeBron, you know, people people started overreacting again to a play at the end of the game in which LeBron makes the great basketball play. He finds Deron Williams 
And D. Williams misses the wide open three. Everyone's like, oh, LeBron should have took the shot, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, get out of here. You know, LeBron makes the basketball play. And that's why people want to play with LeBron because he, he makes the right play. And, you know, look, the guy missed the shot. Uh, and then you had the Wizards at the Raptors. Washington won that game 104 to 96. Then Friday, uh, we're recording this on a Saturday. So last night, the Raptors in a rematch against the Wizards, the Raptors go on the road and beat the Wizards 114 to 106. And then the Cavs beat the Hawks 135 to 130. And I don't know how much of that game you watched, Bill, but that was a game in which at one point in the second quarter, I mean, it was like, I think halftime was like 72 to 50 something. I mean, the, the Cavs had as much as a 25, almost 30 point lead on Atlanta. And it got down to, you know, a one point ball game with about a minute and a half to play. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. So, I mean, I didn't come back. Yeah, exactly. See, a lot of people, <laughs> I just, ha- I left to go get some dinner and I'm, and I'm at the restaurant and I just happened to look up at the TV and I'm like, wait a minute, it's a one point ball game. Really? Um, <laughs> so, uh, but I think the Cavs hit like 25, three pointers in right. that ball game. What do you make of the Eastern conference and these five teams that kind of battled up against each other this past week? Um, yeah, some, like, good games. It's like the Celtics, you know, they were impressive. Um, that was an impressive win because, like I talked about before, I thought, you know, possibly size may bother Isaiah, but it didn't. He did his thing. Like you say, I averaged 30. Nobody stops me. (laughs) So it's like the Celtics did, and they, you know, they keep proving me wrong, so I can't say anything. Let me ask Um, ask this. And I I didn't catch most of that game. How much much did LeBron guard, if at all, did he guard Isaiah? um, I didn't really see. I don't think he was really on. They they didn't go all out. It wasn't playoffs. It was like I thought he may struggle with Shumper. Okay. Okay. Just curious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. It was like, like I say, it was like maybe, you know, he's still proving me wrong. Um, so that was actually an impressive win. Um, I'm really big on the Wizards. Um, the Raptors win was in the second time when they, you know, redeemed themselves in Washington and won in Washington without Kyle Lowry. Um, I like what DeMar DeRozan is doing. Um you know, I see, you know, his game is progressing. Uh, he's found kind of his niche. Um, you know, I, I don't think, you know, as far as if they're making a move, like uh, it'll be a very entertaining race for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Boston, Boston is uh, three games up on Washington and Toronto. And uh, right now, if you look from second to third and fourth, Washington's in third, Toronto's in fourth, Atlanta sits two and a half behind Toronto and Washington. Um, you know, I, I I think that's what'll be what'll be interesting um, to see how to see how these teams break out over the next couple of weeks. I don't you know I don't have a a full schedule. To, to see 
what the remaining matchups look like. Uh, but, but I mean, I think it was a, it was good for the Eastern Conference because I think these are the these are the five best teams. Um, but I mean, needless to say, uh, everybody's chasing Cleveland. And now that Cleveland has added Bogut, uh, they've added, uh, Williams. And like I said, we've got Love who's hurt. J.R. Smith is still hurt. Uh, Derek Williams is playing. I mean, he's playing the type of, he's playing right. Think about this. How crazy is this? Derek Williams is only 25 years old, but it feels, doesn't it feel like Derek Williams is a uh, like 28, 29 year guy. Like he's just been around so many different teams. Exactly. He's never really. I mean, he even had to scrap. He's had to. You know, you know. Here's a guy who's making 115 thousand. Right. He was a. What, what was he? What was he drafted? Number what? Two? two. Number two. You know, coming out of Arizona. <laughs> and I think. I mean, look. I, look. This Cleveland roster is now constructed in a way that not just LeBron, but I think Ty Lue, Tyron Lue, has really, you're going to find out what type of coach. You're going to be able to make all kinds of assumptions about Tyrone Lue and his coaching ability after this season. Um, I don't. I haven't looked at the Vegas odds on what the Cle- – I can't believe I, I'd be I'd, – I'd, I'd be – I'd be shocked if Cleveland is not like a three to one, two to one favorite to win. I'd be shocked if Golden State is still a favorite to win. I think I heard that Golden State is still a a favorite to win the NBA title over Cleveland. So they can get that sucker, man. Look, if I, if I, I don't know what it is, but if I've got some, if I've got some quick uh, scratch to see what the uh, um, what the odds are for the season to win the title? Um, I'm I'm telling you, man. I've I've got to seriously give some some thought at you know shading a little bit towards, um, you know towards uh, Cleveland. Um, here it is. I found it. I found the uh, I found the odds to win on one of my favorite sites I like to go to. Uh, I guess at the start of the season, Golden State was a two to one favorite. Uh, Cleveland was three to one. As of today, the odds, Golden State is still a favorite. I mean, essentially, you have to put up way more money just to even get close. You have to put double the amount of money just to get half of that on Golden State. So it's almost like one to two odds. You know, you'd have to put up. You have to put up two hundred dollars to win a hundred, essentially, on Golden State. Mm. Cavaliers are still three to one. Cavaliers, you know, they're—I don't think they're going to move off three to one. So, I look—if if you got twenty-five bucks, you'd win seventy-five. Um, you know, San Antonio has dropped a bit from eight to one to ten to one. Uh, Houston has climbed from sixty to one at the start of the season to twenty-five to one. And then there's Boston. They've dropped. They went from 20 to one. I can't believe Boston was 20 to one to start the season. Uh, but now they're 40 to one. That's a little more realistic. Um, essentially. Uh, what? Well, maybe they thought they were going to get somebody. Maybe, maybe, but it just shows, 
you know, Vegas is telling you that it's not much diversity in the NBA right now and that it's Cleveland's to lose. Um, so I, what do you think about this roster, this Cleveland roster, as you as it is today and potentially is the best roster that LeBron James has ever played with? Oh, yeah, I think they can, you know, they have it all. You know, you have, you know, Kyrie doing his thing. He don't really have to worry about D that much because you, you know, you're going to have so much size. You can put so much size out there with him um, and energy. Um, and it's like they can really play any game because, uh, honestly, it's like they may have uh, better three-point shooting than Golden State. Yeah, as a team. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they've got better size. I mean, they, you got potentially. Well, I mean, like Corver, Channing Fry, yeah, Kyrie, Kyrie LeBron, they are streaky, but uh, Iman has found his spot in the corner. Um, he's you know become that guy. Um, I think where Cleveland and Golden State separate themselves, it's when you go to the second unit, and I think that's going to be the problem for a lot of teams in the playoffs is when you start going to your bench. I mean, you you're you're potentially got a bench <laughs> that could consist of a Bogut, Williams, either Duran and or Derek, uh a J.R. Smith, you know, a Richard Jefferson or a Channing Fry. I mean, I you know, I don't know what the I don't know the full starting lineup for Cleveland is at the moment, but you got to figure during the playoffs you're you're talking, you know, Kyrie, Love, James, um, who else are they running out there? Rich, is Richard uh, not Richard? Tristan is starting, if I'm not mistaken, right? Is he? Yeah, I think he. Yeah, is. and then the, and then I'm trying to. I can't recall who the fifth starter is right at the moment. Um, it it might be Fry. Uh, but excuse me, but, you know, that's a he- that's a heck of a second unit that is stepping on the floor. And so when your second unit is that strong, I mean, that's where you pull away from ball games. I mean, when those second unit guys can come in and outscore somebody by 10 to 12, I mean, that's going to be hard to stop. I, I just think it's going to be impressive and interesting to watch how Ty Lue manages these guys. Um, you know, people. Oh, the minutes. Um, I, I, right. Yeah, I think the I, I minutes don't... and the rotations will be interesting. I, I just think, you know, the minutes and the rotations are going to be interesting because if I'm him, he's got to be thinking getting guys ready for the playoffs. I mean, you're at that point in the season where everything you do is about getting these guys ready for the playoffs, right? But I think they're going to be blowing everybody out. So <laughs> even at the beginning of the playoffs, okay. Well, work I, mean, I think what they did last year. Last year, what did they? I mean, they ran off the first uh, what twelve like or thirteen 12? games in a row. Yeah, that's what I was. Going I, to say. I mean, so I, look, I I maintain I am amazed at people's fascination with Golden State, and it's great right now in the regular season. I just think when you run up against a physical team. Exactly. I, I think that's where they they're in trouble. Um, they're gonna miss Bogut, and then he's on Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think it just took all the wind out of him. Like Bogut's on Cleveland, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, the, this is what's gonna make. I think the the Durant injury, the additions by Cleveland, uh, the play of the teams in the East. 
Um, we still haven't, we, we still get those matchups between, uh, hopefully we get some Spurs, Rockets, you know, Rockets, Warriors, you know, Spurs, Warriors. Those matchups here in the last month and a half of the season are going to really be interesting. The month of March, uh, is really going to be telling for the NBA. Uh, all right. Uh, Bill, we got to get ready to shut this one down. Um, I know we could, we could talk forever, but I think yeah. just for the sake of, uh, people and how they download and listen this to is us, gonna be a long yeah, this, one. A long, this is a long one. So, you know, if anyone who, you know, this is one of those good podcasts that you just, you just have on and you download and you're working and doing whatever else listening to. And we appreciate that. Um, let me give a quick mention once again at the end here for our sponsors. Um, let me pull up. Uh, I had it open here for a second. Bear with me. Uh, crossover. Let me start with our friends over at Crossover. Uh, they are the group that's making better game film for every team. Uh, crossover. They're building solutions for smarter coaches and more efficient athletes that will give you the insight you need to get better. Win more games this season with full-service game film analysis, comprehensive stats, and streamlined sharing tools that get you ready to get your game on. Visit crossover.com slash ARC, A-R-C, to try one game for free. That's crossover with a K dot com slash ARC to help you be more efficient in the film room and win more games this season. And uh, so definitely to all of our club coaches and club teams, take advantage. And, hey, they even work with, you know, football, lacrosse, uh, baseball. I mean, lacrosse is a – I mean, um, Crossover is uh, a full-service company that can meet your needs. And, of course, got to give a shout-out to our friends, iSlide. Uh, they are the premium custom athletic slide company that offers one-of-a-kind, comfy, customized slides that allow you to put your image or artwork on the slide. You can even design customized slides featuring your favorite NBA team. Visit iSlideUSA.com. Check out all of the variations and design styles that you can create with your own laptop or PC. That's iSlideUSA.com. For listeners of our show, use the promo code BTA15, that's BTA15, and receive 15% off your order. Again, use promo code BTA15 on iSlideUSA.com and stand in what you stand for with iSlide. All right, Bill, tell the people where they can follow you, where they can find you. Okay, I'm at The Right Angles, um, T-H-E-R-I-T-E-A-N-G-L-E-Z. Okay, say, okay. you got make say that again one more time. There's a lot of E's, a lot of vowels in there. Yeah, <laughs> The Right Angles. <laughs> R-I-T-E and Angles, A-N-G. A-N-G-L-E-Z. A-N-G-L-E-Z. I think I may have threw in an extra E in there earlier. I think that's what you were telling yeah. me. Angles. Okay. It's with a Z. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, I just happened to be catching the two. Vanderbilt beat Florida. Uh, we got to talk college basketball here coming up. Next podcast. We, gotta, I'm going to, if, if, uh, so, I mean, what you need to get your, get up on, you may already be up on your college basketball. I know I'm going to, oh. I'm going to be. Yeah, I got some hot takes. Yeah, some hot like takes. Ball. Uh, <laughs> my man. My man. Um, that'll be good. Uh, we, we might, I think we feel like we should have talked about that as it relates to the NBA, but just in general. No, we'll, we'll, talk about uh, well, I kind of did. That's what I'm trying to do. 
tell you was a historic draft, but we'll get into that later. (laughs) Interesting. Look, I don't have any. Look, I love fathers who know. Fathers know. I mean, have we not seen anything? Richard Williams, Earl Woods. uh, Who's another famous father who just knew? Um, uh, I don't think they like that though, because it's like that puts a lot of pressure on them. <laughs> yeah, but look, it's not like they didn't live up to the height. Well, I mean, that's a specific area, though. Yeah. Where are they all from? Oh, Cali. Oh, <laughs> oh, what are you trying to say? Okay. Right, right. They like we gonna make it. <laughs> you gonna make it? Uh, <laughs> ain't no choice. <laughs> no, right? Ain't no choice. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Look, I tell you, if uh, man, if if UCLA is the kind of team that gets into the Final Four, man, I tell you what, my goodness. Um, all right, so that'll be that'll be good. Yeah, we, we, got, we, we have to get that conversation going. Uh, a lot of. A lot, a lot more podcasts, people. I'm telling you now, I promise, even if it's not as long as this one, we will be doing more podcasts in March. It's March Madness. This is the time of year that basketball, you know, this is where you're supposed to be spreading your love of the game of basketball to as many people as will listen to you. And then hopefully, you know, we take over the calendar year uh, the way football constantly does in everybody's mind, or at least get it up to the to the level of football. Uh, you can follow the show, <clears throat> excuse me, at BTA Hoops on Twitter. Please do so if you're listening. Um, on Facebook, check us out, Beyond the Arc Podcast, Facebook.com, Beyond the Arc Podcast. You can find any of the old shows on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podbean. Um, you can uh, also check out the webpage. Maybe uh, Bill will write up his thoughts about LeVar Ball and post it on beyondthearcradio.wordpress.com. Hint, hint. Uh, maybe check that out. We'll definitely tweet that out when that happens. And, uh, of course, um, I want to remind you to follow my friend Steve, my normal partner in the backcourt. Uh, he's at hardwoodhoopscentral.com. And Steve, of course, you can find him at hwhoops. Central and uh, find me on Twitter at DRB365. All right, that's going to do it for this show. Beyond the Arc is presented by Crossover uh, for my man Bill Johnson. I appreciate you, Bill, for joining me on this one. Uh, uh, no problem. You know, good, good conversation. Finally, feel good to actually catch up and at least catch up on the NBA and put it on wax. Right. Put it on wax, and now uh, get these hot takes off. Get, get them, <laughs> get them off our plates. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then, and, then, and then we can move forward uh, with uh, even more stuff. Um, throughout the rest of this month. So, hey, let's enjoy the uh, month of basketball, folks, not only in the NBA but in college and uh, might even be a few high school tournaments going on out there. So wherever you can soak up the game of basketball, make sure you do it. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. This one's in the books. Thank you for listening. I'm Brian Fulford. You've been listening to Beyond the Art, presented by Crossover. Peace out. Drive through the lane like I'm Kobe in the paint. Put it on your mate, trying to go me, but he can't. I'm in my zone, 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 I'm in my zone. Beyond the Arc's theme music is performed by Lex Brown of O-Hoops Music. Listen to more of Lex's music by visiting ohoops.com under the O-Hoops TV banner. Try to cut me, but he can't. I try.
I'm on that wood, homie. Feel the ball like you wish you could, homie. You see, I'm nothing like the mother guys. I get paid to play every day and be televised. Very rude, I won't break and do. Very few wanna guard me, dude. Make them so I'm breaking rules Defying gravity and flying to that paper, dude It's the king of this court, boy About to be your nightmare You ain't gotta come get me Just check it up and I'm right there Shoot game is sick and I'm throwing up them trays, yo You can call me Simon, my opponent do as I say so hey, I'm in my zone 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 I'm in my zone